Coming up, we're going to look at the fallout of the transparency guidelines issued by the four A's. We're going to try to make sense of the result of the Sony Global Media Review. And we're looking at Facebook's published earnings. Hello and welcome to ID.com's Media Snack, episode 10. Uh, in this episode, we are looking at the fallout from the, the four A's in the US having issued their tr uh, media transparency guidelines last week. That's right. We're going to review the uh, results of the big, the final big uh, review of the year, which was Sony. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, Facebook published some amazing uh, business performance results last year. So we're going to dig into why we think they seem to be doing so well at the moment. All coming up on Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich. Okay, so first up this week, um, the Four A's, yeah. which is the agency's trade association in the US, has issued some media transparency guidelines. Um, so what's happened? So another rather unsavory spat between mm. the two big uh, industry trade bodies in the US. So you yeah. have the four A's that represent the agencies, mm -hmm. and you've got the A and A that represent the advertisers. Yeah. Okay. So uh, earlier 2015, uh, the two bodies uh, created this uh, tran media transparency task force, mm. and it was on the back of the now infamous uh, John Mandel uh, presentation. Uh, where he suggested that, that the US was rife in, in rebate. Mm -hmm. And so these two uh, industry trade bodies uh, formed this task force to try and get to the bottom of the mm. transparency. And also neutralise, I think, uh, this yeah. quite toxic discussion that was going on between Absolutely. advertisers and, and agencies before that got out of control. Yeah, and it was the right thing to see yeah. do, right? So they were working collaboratively to start off with. Um, then uh, the ANA uh, engaged with uh, the investigative company K2 mm -hmm. with Ubiquiti to uh, investigate this further. Now that put the four A's nose out because they weren't uh, engaged in that conversation and yeah. they, didn't, they didn't endorse that as a decision. So yeah. that was the first barrier to their kind of collaborative working yeah. process. And now the four A's have issued uh, their own transparency guidelines. Mm. So, what, so why have they fallen out then, the four A's and the, the ANA now? Yeah, well, the, the big issue that they've got, I think, the, the ANA have got with the four A's is that uh, they're challenging, firstly, the, the, the comprehensive nature of, mm. of, of the guidelines. They think yeah. that it is incomplete. Yeah. They think that the language is too subtle and too ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, uh, the forays have suggested that uh, a number of brands, namely L'Oreal, MasterCard, Bank of America, mm. have had considerable input yeah. into the development. And of that was in that guidelines. was in the Foray's press release, wasn't it? That's when they right. sent these guidelines out, they implied, quite strongly implied, that these brands had been somehow uh, participating in the development of the guidelines. Which they may well, well have done. Um, the problem that the, the ANA have got is that it suggests that these brands have endorsed the, yeah, the all guidelines. the guidelines, yeah. And they have categorically denied that. Mm. Um, and the ANA have demanded now an apology from That's the right. four A's, which I think is still forthcoming. 
But uh, it's, a, it's a real mess. You know, these are two trade bodies that should be paving the way to establish a better working relationship yeah. um, with the agencies and the advertisers at a time when trust and transparency is at its absolute lowest. Yeah. Right? Yet, you know, they seem to be creating even a further, uh, or, or you know, creating an even deeper uh, divide between between the two bodies. Yeah. And so, so you've you've read the guidelines. Yeah. What's what's your what's your perspective? Well, I, I think the, I think the first thing that's quite impressive actually is that the signatories of the guidelines themselves are, you know, twelve of the most powerful media professionals in the world, um, and actually getting them mm. to have co-created and then aligned on six pages of text is quite yeah. frankly a miracle anyway. Uh, so that's a brilliant achievement and impressive for the four A's at least to have got them that far. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual substance of the guidelines, um, I think the intention is uh, the intention is generally good, but the substance of it is quite soft. So the, the guidelines themselves don't automatically offer any additional protection to yeah. To advertisers, um, they are very, very shy of being anything that looks like contractual language. They are just—they are for guidance. Mm. Um, but there's a particular area that really worried me, and that I would encourage people to dig into to understand, because there's a, of nine sections in the guidelines. Section four um, covers agencies' commercial relationships with vendors. Yeah and appears to be suggesting or giving opportunity to agencies not to disclose yeah. commercial relationships that they, they might have with a vendor outside of the standard uh, buying of inventory. Yeah. Um, and it specifically calls out areas like barter, so media barter, content mm. and research and other kind of services. Yeah. And these are things which an agency group might provide as services or content to a vendor and be paid an undisclosed amount for. And the guidelines are suggesting that agencies aren't obliged to disclose that necessarily to the clients. And that's the bit that worries me, because if actually um, we've been talking about these areas like barter, like content specifically, as areas where we need greater transparency, yeah. I think, from agencies. And these guidelines really give the opportunity to, to actually be less transparent. Right. Um, so it's a standoff at the moment. Um, to, certainly between the four A's and the A and A as the representative bodies. What's the next big milestone? So, process? I mean, I think it's really building up now to the A and A conference where the task force was launched last year. Um, which occurs at the end of April, which is the ANA's Advertising Financial Management Conference. So this year it's taking place at the beginning of May in Florida. Um, I will be there, and we're expecting that that is going to be the platform that the ANA allow K2, the investigators into media rebates in the US, to come and present back their initial findings. Wow. And really that we're likely to see this this debate and this narrative uh, build up steadily now between now and the next few months. Um, and the focus there and the focus right here is media transparency. It's the big topic right yeah. now and something has to, has to give. So the next topic we're going to cover is uh, the result of the long-awaited Sony media review. Mm. Uh, the result came through last Thursday, long-awaited, taken 12 months. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, as you say, this, this, was, this is the last kind of media palooza yeah. uh, piece of business 
um, the global Sony consolidation. Uh, agencies were briefed in uh, May, April, May last year, and the briefing, as we understand, was intended to create for the first time a total consolidation and alignment under a one Sony kind of umbrella um, of all of their different divisions and regions of which Sony is a very, compl very complex business, um, but bring them all together and look for a single agency partner. So the review covered all five of the Sony business units. Mm. We had Sony Music, PlayStation, Electronics, uh, Pictures and Mobile. Mobile, yeah. Cumulative spend, about a billion. Yeah. Yeah, up to about a billion. I think so. Although it's not, it wasn't quite clear because it yeah. was so fragmented across different, different agencies and different regions. Um, so great. So consolidating across the incumbents. Yeah, only right? the incumbents so were involved. UM, yeah. OMD, Mediacom and... Cara. Cara. Um, who, which of those was the winner? I've no idea. Right. So we've, we've struggled to... We've read this a hundred yeah. times and we've really struggled to figure out exactly which bits of which business move to which agency and from who. Um, you, you tell us I've, what, I've what got have you got. So, so the, the biggest spender is uh, Sony Pictures and the incumbent was Universal McCann mm -hmm. with OMD looking after bits of the business in Europe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anything's changed. So, so that didn't. So pictures didn't consolidate at all. No, no change. Although OMD appear to have won a little bit of Asia Pacific. Great. Okay. Good for okay. them. You're right. That was good. Yeah. Uh, electronics incumbent, old incumbent was Universal McCann yeah. in North America. Uh, Mediacom seemed to have consolidated that business. Okay. Uh, mobile, Mediacom and Cara were the incumbents that has been consolidated behind Mediacom. Mm -hmm. Music was OMD. Right. Remains to be OMD. Okay. And PlayStation was Cara and OMD is now Mediacom. Okay. So Mediacom seemed to have gathered some wins. Yeah. Some loss. Yeah. Um, and UM, it sounds like the, the divisions themselves have cons perhaps consolidated, yeah. but they haven't aligned. That's and right. what was also interesting was that the there's been no official announcement from Sony. So a lot of this, I think, was leaks from different agencies. Mm. And the trade press were actually reporting on slightly conflicting wins and losses uh, based on what leaks perhaps they'd got from the agency community in different parts of the world. Mm. So that was interesting. And over a period of days, uh, and some divisions had been announced, but not others. So I don't think there was any kind of particular aligning on no. Ti no. Uh, alignment on timing across divisions or on regions. So it's, it's, a, it's far from a consolidation. And it, was, and it remains confusing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one, the one thing that we do now understand is that the big loser was, mm. was Dentsu Aegis. Yeah. So Cara uh, lost all of its incumbent business, um, yeah. which is slightly surprising given the relationship that Dentsu, uh, I'm sure, has with Sony in Tokyo. Yeah, um, exactly. Because they were hotly tipped mm. to really be the front runners to consolidate this business. So something's not worked there. Mm. Um, or they've decided not to make that a, a priority, perhaps. Uh, but anyway, the consolidation that never was, that wraps up now, finally, Mediapalooza 2015. Phew. It's been a pleasure. So, last up this week, um, Facebook have announced uh, very impressive yeah. uh, results for the, the most recent quarter. 
Um, so talk us through that. So what? So what are the big so numbers? so they announced their fourth quarter results. Um, ad revenue was up fifty seven percent. So of their, uh, you know, they have a user base of one point eight billion. Uh, one billion of those log in each day. Mm-hmm. I mean, astonishing numbers. Mm. Uh, and they announced these incredible, uh, you know, revenue figures. Eighty yeah. percent um, of their income, which is annually about fifteen billion, comes from mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is impressive because that was a, historically a weakness yeah. of Facebook, wasn't it? Their mobile offer, but yeah. they've they've not only just caught up, but they're smashing expectations. So, so I mean, why why are they doing so so remarkably well? They've been. I wish I knew really because. I don't own shares in Facebook, by the way, but I, I probably would do if I uh, had the odd million lying around. Uh, what we, I mean, we've been looking at Facebook quite a lot, very closely, and it's been very interesting to see how their performance from an ad revenue perspective mm. has been so strong. And I think it's just they've got, they've really just got their act together, and they've really focused on coming to market with um, an ad offer to both to agencies and to brands which is just so appropriate for the times. You know, they've got you know, very clever technologies that allow you to track users across devices. So you've got a single currency of user. They are coming out with a very strong transparency message at a time when there's a lot of nervousness and concern, anxiety around lacks of transparency, as we've just been talking about earlier, and yeah. things like ad fraud, um, you know, ad blocking even. Um, and for Facebook to come out and offer a, what they call is 100% viewable um, impressions mm. uh, is very powerful and is resonating with the market. They've, they've got logged in users. Yeah. So very, very good for targeting because you can profile within their system um, very well. And of course, as you mentioned, they offer huge scale. This isn't a niche property. This is a global broadcast right. uh, property. So very attractive for advertisers. And so those things combined make it very compelling. You know, nobody now, it's the safest bet, really. Nobody's going to get fired for putting a lot of Facebook on a media plan. Um, You know, there'll be high expectation Mm. from a client, be reassured that Facebook is the scale digital or mobile opportunity. Um, And Facebook are offering direct deals with advertisers and self-serve technologies. So increasingly brands are seeing that, seeing them really as a, kind of safe harbour mm. for their digital investment with so much concern mm. uh, across the open web that, you know, to go to these, these kind of walled gardens or these safe yeah. harbours are, are very, very compelling. Should that be a concern for the agencies? Uh, well, you think, I mean, the direct deals, we talked about the direct deals quite a lot. Um, of course they should be. Um, but actually, what we're finding is a lot of agencies, uh, you know, off record are very pro-Facebook. Yeah. I mean... Uh, or even on record, actually, because uh, Sir Martin Sorrell, to pick you know one name out of thin air, at Davos last week was uh, saying, actually, the scale of their relationship with mm. Facebook is quite astounding. Thank they spend you. over a bit, these, the Group M properties spend over a billion dollars a year just with Facebook. Um, so those are big relationships. Mm. And I think that's going to increase because, because of this safe harbour yeah. kind of position that, that Facebook have created very easy for agency buyers to just direct loads of yeah. funds into Facebook because as I say you know they, you don't get fired for yeah. recommending Facebook um, 
and it's an easy sell, frankly, to a, to a client and you can spend a lot of money very quickly mm. um, on Facebook with perhaps relatively less effort than, it might, than you might be if you were trying to you know, optimise multiple yeah. uh, bits of inventory across the web. So it's a real positive at a time of, of confusion, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think we'll, we'll see these numbers increase you know, in the medium term for Facebook. Um, they seem to have really got it, got it set right. Uh, and now a very, very attractive proposition, I think, right now for advertisers. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for watching. Bye for now. Have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> good, well done. <laughs>